Hello, hello. Welcome to Unscripted. My name is Matt. You might know me as Cut Corners. And um, this is a very special guest today. We have uh, Joyce Rice. I know there's a lot of people already in the chat that are very familiar with her. A lot, a lot of DJs have been playing her songs, as have I. A big one, of course. Uh, her latest song, um, On One, featuring Freddie Gibbs, as you may know. Um, so we're thrilled to have Joyce today joining us. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is Unscripted, and we do this for uh, like an hour or so. And we'll be having Joyce talk about her album, and we'll be asking her questions. You'll be able to ask questions in the chat at the end as well. And um, yeah, without further ado, let's get Joyce on the into the out of the green room and onto the main screen. Here she comes. What's up, Joyce? Hi. Welcome to Unscripted. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Matt, for having me. <laughs> um, so. First of all, yeah, we're all very big fans of your music here at Serato, and we're very excited to be talking to you today. First thing I wanted to know is just, just how you're doing. How's, how you've survived like one year of pandemic, you know? What, what are some of the ways that, that you found to get through this? Uh, in the beginning, I think like everyone else, I was really shocked. Uh, and it was a hard time. Um, but I did my best to create as much value from the situation and dig deeper and be more creative than ever. So with that, I actually had one of the best years of my life during 2020. So it's kind of weird, but I'm thankful for that. And you were working on Overground, your new record through the pandemic or how did, like, where did that fit into the whole, you know, timeline of pandemic 2020? So Overgrown, I started working on that a few years before 2020. Uh, but I had wanted to put Overgrown out in 2020, but when the pandemic happened, I was like, we're going to put this on pause because I really want to tour the album and I would hate to put the album out and not be able to tour right away. And that's when we did the, that's on you release, which I felt was sonically perfect for the kind of year it was in 2020. I felt like the song was very comforting and relaxing. So we decided to put that out and then we were able to make a quarantine style video. And then we came up with the idea to do a Japanese remix and have Umi involved. So those were some really fun ways of making the most out of the year. And then of course, finishing the album and getting everything ready to put it out in 2021. It was really cool. I saw on your Instagram that um, you actually did some, um, like a treasure hunt giveaway. Uh, and you yeah. dropped physical CD copies around, um, L was it LA? So I'm from San Diego, okay. Chula Vista to be exact. And my manager came up with the idea to put CDs at my high school and at a popular Mexican restaurant. And so that gave fans and people from my, from my um, hometown an opportunity to get a copy of the CD because we only sold very little and, or we only released very little. And then it, we did that, I believe Thursday or, or we did it on a Wednesday. And that was two days before the album came out. So we also gave people opportunity to hear the album before anybody else. And 
Then we did one in Japan. My manager's mom is in Japan right now. So we sent copies of CDs to her and she was able to put them around Japan and give people out there an opportunity to have a copy of, of the album. That's fantastic. What a cool, what a cool concept, like a treasure hunt. Like, man, whoever got those, they must be uh, really, really thrilled that they got that exclusive yeah. early release. Yeah. Um, and you also made uh, vinyl record, which I heard sold out extremely fast for Overgrown as well. Yes. I'm like super happy that we were able to sell them out. We did a restock and we sold out on that very quickly as well. And yeah, I'm just a big fan of records. So to be able to finally have like my album on vinyl is really sick. And I can't wait for people to get it and see them really share, you know, how it sounds. It sounds really good. I just approved them like a week ago. Uh, we got to fun colors with the album as well. So I'm excited. That's fantastic. So, the, and this is, this is your first record, right? Overgrown is your first full, full length record. Yes. It's my first full length. First LP, not my last. <laughs> Definitely and, not. And yeah, I I haven't released, I guess, a full body of work. I mean, I put Stay Around, my first EP, which was six songs in 2016. And then I did a maxi single. I did uh, Rocket Science, which was like a two song. You mean Rocket Science? Oh, you have it. <laughs> Flex. I had to do do that one. Those are so rare, I feel like. Yeah, I got to give a big shout out to um, my friend Kota at uh, Stone's Throw. He, uh, he made sure I got a copy of this. This one's on uh, Akashak, Akashik Records, which is that Mind Design's Akashic? record? Yeah. Akashic Records, yes. Mind Design, Alima Jennings, and Shane Sakanoi. Yeah, that's such a great single. I think that was the first, uh, yeah, definitely the first single I had of yours. Um, so with this being your first album um, and ver versus putting out singles, like what was that process like? I know, you know, putting out a song here and there is, is one thing, but, you know, creating a full album is, is a totally different, um, yeah, different approach. How, how did you find that? Well, uh, prior to putting this album out, I was kind of having a hard time just being inspired. And I was also just, holding back, um, you know, afraid to be vulnerable and creating is such a vulnerable thing. Um, but I had to really live life. And so I just kind of did some self-reflecting on what I could do better. And I have a great community out here of artists and just collaborated more, asked people for advice. And through that and having a great manager and A&R, I just was able to link up with D-Mile, who's an amazing producer. And I got to meet great writers and build great friendships and great relationships to where I was finally getting an idea of what I wanted to talk about. And then it transitioned into me using these sessions to kind of be like my other like, like my therapy session, basically. There's things I was going through that I wanted clarity on or that I wanted 
to use art to help me heal and at least tell my story so that anyone else who's going through it can relate to it and have music that they can escape to or at least um, enter another world into. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, one of the things I, I like to think about with, with especially albums and, and artists is uh, is that you know, it's, it's a real honest expression and, and sharing of, of a very personal experience, right? And uh, some, I think some of the, the most impactful records of mine that I think of, like Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, where someone is right. so vulnerable with that expression, um, it's almost shocking. But um, yeah, it's is that what you what you're talking about with working through you know personal issues with, with through expressing expressing that in, in song and songwriting? Yeah, because I I really like to pull from experience, so I'm pretty much putting my business out there, <laughs> and I guess it's sometimes uncomfortable. Uh, people might know who you could be talking about. The person you're talking about could know you're talking about them. And in general, I'm a very private person. So I just really had to find what works for me and what makes me comfortable. But I also had to just get some courage to open up because I feel like as artists, you know, we are, it's great to talk about the time and leave something behind that um, people can go back to, be a voice for others. So I had to look past my insecurities and it being all about me and really remind me of my purpose, which is to create for others as well. Absolutely. And, and you know, thank you so much for being able to share that. Like, I think that's such a gift that you're able to give people when you are able to give your, you know, a, a piece of yourself essentially on record like that. Uh, to the world f for them to be able to you know learn from your experience or, or help work them through that I know I think uh, even on the last interview I had I was talking about how like music really helps get get us through some really tough times or some challenging mm -hmm. emotions so yeah that's amazing um so um yeah and shout out D Miles yeah D Mile D D Mile he's he's a producer yeah, yeah. he yeah. has you has so many great producers but he was one that I didn't know about um and I when uh researching to talk to you about this I, I looked into his catalog and wow he's Extremely accomplished, too. Yes. When my A&R hit me up and was like, I want to put you in the room with this producer, D-Mile, I didn't know who he was. But I did my research and I found out that he had produced songs that I've been obsessed with uh, by Janet Jackson and Mary J. Blige. And he worked with Rodney Jerkins, who was Brandy's like, right-hand producer. So... When I saw that, I was super excited, but also a little intimidated. Um, but when I got in the room with him, he's super humble and just creates a really safe environment to make the best music possible. So it was, it was very smooth. And we were able to really find our rhythm when it came down to what kind of music I wanted to create for this album. Yeah, it's incredible chemistry. I, I got to say, you guys really... Yeah, it's a home run for sure. Thank you. Um, so was there a was there um was there a mood board for this record? Was was you know you you talked a little bit about uh, Janet Jackson and Mary J. Blige as being you know uh, uh, other artists that he's worked with that you love. Um, who who what other mood board kind of influences were on this record? Because it's very, it's it's a timeless sounding record if if I may say so myself. <laughs> Good. Um. Uh... 
mood board, I would say Mariah Carey. Her Butterfly album was definitely an album that I wanted to get inspiration from. And Mary J. Blige, Brandy. And I would say with the R&B hip-hop collaborations that I have on the album, Missy Elliott, Aaliyah, and Ja Rule, Ashanti. I was definitely having those artists in the back of my mind, but most of the time was referring to Mariah Carey, Butterfly. That's a, that's a big record, that one. Um, I know. And um, Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. I have a, the... When I, recently on Twitter, I saw that uh, Mariah Carey has seen you cover her song. Um, shall I pull it up? Shall I pull out the YouTube video? Sure. <laughs> Hold on one second. See if I can do this. All right. All right. I'm going to pull up this YouTube video here. Of. Oh. Oh, my bad. We'll get the ads out of the way here. One second. This is important. All good. She looks like a superstar. She looks like a star, darling. There's a lot of parts that are interwoven. Like I did, I tend to do a lot of background parts. So I like the way that you answered yourself with the background vocal parts, and because those parts are important. I mean, I spend time with them, darling. Go to see you doing that makes me very happy. So yeah, <laughs> how did that feel for you? Oh my gosh, that was so crazy. I remember my manager called me and was like. So I have to put you on the phone with somebody. I can't tell you who it is, what it's for, but just trust me on this. You're going to love it. And, you know, just follow the directions. So I call, I, I, I answered the call from this woman and it was Cosmopolitan, is it Cosmopolitan, I think? Oh, no, Allure. Okay. Whatever, the Glamour, Glamour magazine. Uh, and yeah, she was just like, hi, Joyce. And then talking to me about Mariah Carey and then told me to watch this video. And then I, it was me watching Mariah and then, then recording my reaction. And I was so shocked that I couldn't believe it because I'm such a huge fan. And I did that video so long ago. So for them to find it and choose it and use it was huge. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a memory that I am going to treasure forever. <laughs> no doubt. It's so, it's so cool how she was so uh, complimentary. Like, you, you got the backgrounds. She's like, you're a star. Right. She called it. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah, she's so sweet because she's intimidating. She's, you know, not easy to impress or please. So I like her comment because it is true. Her backgrounds, her ad libs, everything that she does, it's, very complicated it's not easy so i've always been a fan of that about her 
So I just naturally did it. I wasn't even trying to do that, but naturally that's just how I wanted to cover the song. So for her to notice that was really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. And yeah, so she, she's a huge influence for you as well. And you said Mary J as well. I definitely hear little Mary J elements uh, being the queen of hip hop. You know, you really you really take that a similar approach where you know it's it's a lot of hip hop influence, but a real huge obviously R and B influence as well. So, um, yeah, where's where's Mary J sit in your top five uh, influences? <laughs> well, she again, I feel like she chose a lot of or Diddy, whoever you know she was working with, but her most importantly, she just chose like hip hop records that were just so hard and gritty. And even though her voice and her singing is gritty too, it's still sweet. Mm. And so I don't know what it is about me, but I gravitate towards that as well, especially in my beat selection, I feel like. Uh, so I think subconsciously I'm inspired by her in that sense with the beat selection too. And um yeah, I've been listening to her to her a lot lately. I was just in the studio, and there's this beat that um, I worked on with Kate Trinata, and it reminded me of Mary J. Blige, too. So I'm also lately really paying attention to her approach as well, because she just comes so hard, you know? And I like that. It's very commanding, and I want to do more of that. Absolutely. You also, I mean, I think what you just touched on earlier with her, her honesty. She's also a very, very uh, vulnerable right. and honest artist, um, which, I mean, I think, yeah, she's probably one of the most honest artists that out, out there, really. Um, and true. also one of the things you just talked about, which uh, is, I, I wanted to ask you about, is, yeah, your choice of beats, um, but also, you know, your, your choice of guests. You know, you've, I've, I've known you from working on uh, with West Side Gun, and then you've got Freddie Gibbs on On One. Um, you know, you're choosing some of the hardest rappers out, really. Um, so how did how did you get linked up with like Westside Gun and, and Gibbs? So Westside Gun and I got connected through the Free Nationals. I had done a hook for the Free Nationals and it was for a song that wasn't out yet or that wasn't even completed. Uh, and maybe two, three years later, Callum from the Free Nationals was like, hey, we're going to put this song on our album. Remember when you did the hook on it? Uh, what do you think? So he sent it to me, and uh, What's Side Gun was on it. So at first, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know about Griselda. I thought it was Action Bronson or Ghostface Killer. I wasn't sure what was going on. But it sounded incredible to me. I haven't heard anything like that. So I was like, please, yes. I want to be on it. Keep me on it. Thank you for having me on it. <laughs> and then I found out it was West Side Gun. Uh, and I can't remember. I think we started following each other on social media. And then he DMs me about working on his album when he's in L.A. So we exchanged phone numbers and he followed through. He called me and he was like, I'm performing at this Nike event. You should come. I want to meet you. We met, and then a few days later, he was at Alchemist's studio working on Pray for Paris. Wow. And he had me come in, and he was just like, I want you to sing over this hook. And then after 
or like at the end of the song, I want you to just freestyle. So I did that and I asked him for some direction. He was like, just do you, I trust you. And he's just so, so sweet, so kind, such a gentleman, very easy to work with. So I, yeah, when he decided to keep it and uh, when he put it out on his album, that's another one for the books for me. For sure. And so the song, you're also on the on the Free Nationals record. Let's just go check that out right now. This is the this is the one right here, the Rivington. Yes. So yeah, Free Nationals record, incredible. So yeah, that's another fantastic record as well. I I um totally forgot about that incredible record, but um yeah, wow. So that was the first introduction, and then you've got Freddie Gibbs. Um, so how did you how did you link up with Freddie Gibbs? So for on one, I. I, Freddie and I have already been following each other on Instagram and I met him briefly at his listening party with Mad Lib. And yeah, I had the, well, oh, he, he was kicked off of Instagram. So oh. I had to DM him on Twitter. And uh, I, yeah, I was like, I have this song that I would really love for you to be on. And I remember in the past on Instagram, he told me anything you ever need from me, just let me know. And uh, I initially wanted Freddie to be in the So So Sick video, but he was not in LA. So I had hit him up about being on On One and he was super swift in communication, told me to come by his studio the next day. And yeah, I played it for him. He loved it and he just started coming up with his verse in his head, barely wow. wrote anything in his phone, and then just went in the booth, laid it down a few times, stacked it, put some background, and he was done in like two hours. Wow, that's, uh, that's a pro yeah. right there. He is a pro. I mean, 36, 30 plus years of, I, I feel like, being in the rack game. That's true, actually, and I think that's one of the things that people overlook is that, yeah, he's actually been in the game for a very, very long time, and you know this this industry, it, it, you know, it's not a it's not an easy one for for anybody. So, yeah, you got to really, really got to be be committed to that. Um, on the on the album on Overgrown, your track with uh, West Side Gun uh, is produced by Esther. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Esther. We love Esther. Serato loves we Esther. We love Esther. So, um, yeah. you, and, and you, you've collaborated, have you collaborated with Esther before or how did that come around? I'm really interested to know about your uh, relationship with Esther. So, yeah, Esther and I have the same manager. My best friend Jasmine manages Esther. And 
I was looking for production that was like really gritty. And I also wanted something sample based. And so we asked Esther to send a batch of beats over for the West Side Gun interlude. And I also asked some other producers too, uh, but I really connected with, there were two that Esther had sent that I really liked. So I sent them, I sent them to two rappers uh, and West Side Gun really liked the one that he's on. And uh, I had him do whatever he wanted on the interlude. <laughs> and I wish I would have gave him a little bit of context. Yeah, that's definitely... But overall, I still love it. And I had to just cut a few things out uh, and made it work. <laughs> that's incredible and really big shout out to jasmine thank you so much yeah. jasmine for helping make this happen so yeah if you don't yeah. know jasmine jasmine is the person who made this whole interview happen we love jasmine thank you jasmine um yeah thank you so just while we're on the subject of production um another incredible produ producer well there's actually so many incredible producers you have on the record but one in particular um is a pretty big standout and you just mentioned him earlier katronada um, you have a Katronada's interlude also. Now, um, it sounds like he's—is he singing on that? Is that—is his rapping? Is he rapping on that? Because I've never really heard. I know Katra can rap, but I didn't really know. I haven't really heard him on many records. Did you ask him to do that? So yeah, my manager uh, linked me with Katronada, and yes, we wanted an interlude by a few people, producers and artists. And so I just started working with Kay and we, we were like, damn, we would really love him to be a part of this album. But the deadline, like I was going to have the album get mixed probably a week, in a week. So I asked Kay a week before, hey, would you be down to do an interlude? You know, something quick and easy. Uh, and then Jasmine and Eddie and I were like, we should have him talk or sing, rap, whatever he wants to do, because it's so rare. So initially when I asked him, he was down, but then he changed his mind and just sent over like a few beats and told me to do some oohs and ahs over it. <laughs> uh, so I was like, fine, that's cool. You know, I'm not going to push you. Uh, but then I went into the studio with my friend Mac and then we wrote uh, to the beat that is the Keitra interlude. And when I sent it to Keitranada, he loved it. And he, he told me that he could really connect to the lyrics. And so I asked him, you know, I was like, we left some space in here in case you changed your mind about talking. And he was like, yeah, I totally can connect to what you're saying and I'm really fired up to fit some bars so he sent me an updated track with his vocals on it later that night and that's yeah that's what we came up with for the interview well I'm just going to put this out there is that if there's ever another opportunity for a Joyce Rice Katronada collab I think all of the DJs in the world will be playing that song 100% <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, uh, we had one song uh, that I really loved. Right now, it's called Iced Tea. I don't know if I'm going to keep that title, but that's a dance record that I'm really proud of, that I really love, that I cannot wait to share with everyone. Wow. Okay, so you heard that. that maybe maybe this is like a world premiere that we even know about this, but that's pretty <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it is. It would be cool to get a wrapper on that too. Wow. Okay, awesome. We'll see. Ooh, I have some people in mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, 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 you're, you're kind of linked in with everybody that I like anyways, so you can't really go wrong with the guests you've got. <laughs> and sh- yeah, shout out some of the other incredible people on your record. Devin Morrison. Love the yeah. Devin Morrison Hot Minute interlude. That's you know another great combo. You and Devin, just perfect. And Mind Design. And Mind Design, yeah. I mean, he, he produced uh, the Rocket Science record, right? With, yes. With K, yeah. Yeah, you guys... Is there there's something that I guess is, is there a kind of like a little crew in LA? It feels like there's a, a, a certain kind of community that you're part of that has like Pink Sifu and and Mind Design and and Devin. Uh, is is yes. is that is that a thing? Yeah. Uh, when I first moved to LA, I didn't really know anybody, and I was just trying to meet other artists and become a solo artist because at the time I was doing backgrounds and hooks for rappers so the first producer that I was introduced to that I really connected with was my design and he sent me a batch of beats and that was the first time where I don't know I just felt so effortless to sing and freestyle over something and I feel like he helped me find my sound with his production. Uh, that's where Ain't No Need and Do You Love Me came about. And those are the first songs that I had ever put out. Uh, so through meeting him and Alima Jennings, who uh, directed my first video, uh, they introduced me to Live Pink Sifu. And yeah, just the community that we have out here, Stone's Throw. Uh, Devin moved here like two, three years ago from Japan. And he had already been a fan of me and Mind Design. So we met him when he moved out here. Uh, and then it just, yeah, became tighter and tighter. Uh, Devin and Mind Design and I have songs that we have yet to put out to hopefully um, as an EP or something like that as a band, maybe we're not sure yet. Uh, but I'm very fortunate to have genuine friendships, but also artist relationships where we can just have a good time and create for fun and, you know, just respect each other and, allow us to be be the best artists that we can be that's so important it's 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 yeah. so amazing to hear that you guys have that kind of uh yeah that kind of community and i mean really like mind design new record coming out of her like the, all the singles off that sounds fantastic everything i hear from Devin, i'm always just like hanging on a string just can't wait for him to put out new music so it's like a it's a, just an incredible production and, and vocal team you guys are fantastic um thank you so um, on your record, on Overgrown, you've got a song that's on you. You talked about a little earlier, and you did a Japanese remix where you sing in Japanese with the artist Umi, who I've just 
discovered myself through your song, actually, um, who is also Japanese um, American, Japanese African American. And how how important is it for you for you to to celebrate that that part of your heritage and your music? Ah, uh, it's very important for me. I grew up listening to songs by Japanese artists, black and Japanese, black and Korean artists. Uh, and it was really cool to see people like myself doing what I love. So I really wanted to do the same with uh, creating. And it's always been the dream of mine to sing in Japanese, to incorporate Japanese into my English songs and have a featured artist, Japanese featured artist on the record too. So I, I love it and I think it's great. It's representation for Asian people. And I hope to do more of a mixture of English and Japanese records, but also full Japanese records. The song that I texted you, uh, Tornado by Minako Yoshida, I would love to cover that song. I just got to get my vocals a little stronger because <laughs> that record is insane. Uh, but yeah, I, I love to show people, you know, uh, where, I'm, where my mother's from and more of my background. I know sometimes it's very ambiguous for people. So I just wanted to share with people all, all of me. That's fantastic. And um, yeah, next, uh, next month, May, is uh, a- APA Heritage Month. So celebrating yeah. celebrating the Asia Asian and Pacific Island artists of uh, in in North America and worldwide. Yes, and you're giving me an idea. Maybe that's the time that I cover this song. Oh my God! Yes, that would be incredible. Take so yeah, <laughs> we're definitely. Oh yeah, as we're actually speaking of which, so you said um, the artist you sent me was yeah Minako Yoshida, and the song was Tornado. Um, is there any other Japanese artists that you'd like to kind of like highlight or, or that you could put us onto? Like Umi obviously is fantastic. Shout out Umi. But is there anyone else that we might be able to learn from? Um, so I actually put together a playlist for Apple Music. It's coming out next month. And oh, it awesome. features Asian, American, Pacific Islander artists. Uh, and I will say I'm not the best with knowing any current Japanese artists, but uh, I do, I did, I, I love Hikaru. We have the internet so you can still look her up. She's more like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and Crystal K is really great. Okay. She worked with M-Flow uh, and that consists of two producers. One of them is Verbal, who was a part of the Teriyaki Boys. Some people oh, yeah. might know. Yeah, that was yeah. They were like one of Pharrell's groups, right? Produced the Teriyaki exactly. Boys. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I would say Minako Yoshida is one of my favorite. I still have to look more into the artist you sent me. Uh, but I do see him all over my YouTube recommendations. <laughs> yeah. So I've tapped into the stuff here and there. Cool. The artist that I, I recommended, uh, just so everyone in the chat can can check them out as well, is Tatsuro, Yamash- Tatsuro Yamashita. And the song that I love uh, so much is Love Talking. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a city pop record. 
Uh, I think it's from the 80s. It's just an incredible song. Another, actually, one group that I've recently found out that is from Japan, they're on Sub Pop Records, and they're called Chai. And they're, yeah, they're really fun. They're like kind of like ESG, uh, if they were from Japan, uh, like the punk rock kind of electronic band. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out Chai. Um, But since we got you here, um, one of the songs, actually, speaking of Japanese artists, the first song I ever heard you and the first time I ever saw you perform was with a Japanese artist by the name of Starro. So let me just pull that up here for a second. The, the song that you did with Starro is... Where is it? Yeah, Runaway. Yeah. So, so this is the, the first song I ever heard of yours. And this is, uh, yeah, Starro. And you actually, yeah, you performed this at his, uh, open, his release party in Hollywood, I believe. Yes, I did. So yeah, definitely check that song out. That's Starro oh, featuring that. Yeah, featuring Joyce Rice, Runaway. Yeah, that's an incredible record too. Shout out Starro, Thank man. Thank you. Yes, shout out Starro. Thank you so much. That was at the Roxy. That's right, the legendary Roxy. Right? Yep, I had a red top on, black tight pants. That was a fun night. Yeah, that was an incredible night. Um, yeah, he's a he's also a Serato user, so we really love Starro at Serato as well. Hello. Yeah, and so um, speaking, we're gonna keep on this producer tip for a sec, just a little bit longer. Um, I've got another thing to show here, and I'm I know you've seen it already, but I just want to kind of like put it out there for everyone else to see. This is Jael covering uh, "That's on You," which is a song we were just talking about off uh, Joyce Rice's new record, um, Overgrown. And this is Jael from Amsterdam covering this song. It's just a quick snippet, so we'll get into it right here. So yeah, Jael covering Joyce Rice and managing to sing in Japanese also, which is very impressive. Very impressive. I actually have known Jael for many years. Oh, really? Jael and I, yeah, we've been internet friends for so long. Jael... I think I I know him from SoundCloud. That makes sense. He 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 uploaded a beat on SoundCloud that I just absolutely loved, and I ended up doing a Jodeci kind of remix with his beat. Oh, and wow. the song is still out. It's on SoundCloud and YouTube. It's called Devonte Swing. Uh, and. Yeah, it's so crazy. Produced by Jael. Wow. Yeah, Jael is incredible. He just put her new record out as well. Um, so I think we're actually going to be talking to Jael in, in, a, in a couple months 
I think we got him on the schedule. Oh, good. So he'll be on he's, there. He's so sweet and so talented, as you can tell. Yeah, he's insane. <laughs> Whenever he does these things, I'm just like blown away. Like, how does he play like all these instruments and sing and like produce? He's just incredible. Yeah, he is. So, um, yeah, speaking of remixing, how do you feel about people? Like, I feel like you've had uh, a, a, quite a few people remixing your songs. Your, your song, Good Morning, um, you even, even put the mm-hmm. acapella out. Was that intentional for people to remix? Yes. Oh, well, actually, I put Good Morning out as a maxi single. And a part of a maxi single is the, I guess, like the radio edit. And then any remixes, acapella, instrumental. And I think it was made for DJs. For sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> right? But it makes sense. They could, you know, play around with it. Uh, so I wanted to do that with Good Morning. And yes, I wanted to give people opportunity to do their own rendition of the song with either the acapella or... Uh, the instrumental. So I was very surprised to see so many people remix the song. It's, it's kind of like insane, actually. And yeah. I'm so grateful because it brought so many like more fans. You know, it introduced my music to a lot of people. Uh, and it's just, yeah, I'm just really happy that that song really connected with people. Yeah, I think it's fantastic that you did that. I mean, just speaking as a DJ and a producer, I, I, I'm always looking for acapellas, and I know all my friends that do that too, they got that acapella and they've done their own little thing with it, whether it's a blend or a remix or even an edit. And it's right. just such a fun way to like, uh, like engage with, with an artist in a, in a you know, like less you know, formal fashion. So, um, yeah, and it, yeah. like you said, it's a great way to kind of like uh, have people become familiar with not only not only you but also the person that's remixing it so yeah it's it's really great i really appreciate you doing that and speaking of remixing have you ever ever been interested in in uh production or djing or do you already produce i i have not produced anything yet i've actually like talked with Devin about wanting to get into production and I actually have Serato on my laptop. Hey, yes. <laughs> that's awesome, Joyce. But I have not had the time to mess around with it. And I don't have turntables, but not, yeah, I don't have turntables, but um, I definitely would love to get into production and DJing. You know, I think with any creative, as much control you could have uh, with what you're making, I, I feel like it's the experience is much better and you know, you just have more control. So it's easier. Sometimes when I'm making something with people, um, I'm unsure how to articulate what I want, but I know how I would want it to be. So I'm sure production would help me a lot. And then I'm just a big music lover. So I make playlists all the time and I, would love to transition into doing it on Serato and with turntables. And I like scratching. I can't <laughs> well, do it, but I just love it. You know, it would be really cool. Um, like the Beat Junkies, I'm such a huge fan. Yeah, shout um, out the Beat Junkies. J-Rock, Babu. Yeah. yeah. Yes, J-Rock is my favorite. <laughs> He's the greatest. Uh, 
So it would be so cool, and I've I've got to create the time to do that. Well, I mean, you're you're definitely in good hands. I know you're friends with the beat junk because you're friends with us. If you ever need anything, we got you. Thank so. you. <laughs> we got you covered. Um, you do play piano though. I saw in the in the new visualizer, you're you're playing piano and singing. Um, yeah, I started learning with Kiefer. Wow. And yes, that's a good teacher. I started taking Zoom lessons with him, and he more so is very strict with me. He's just like, learn this, learn that, and then come back to me. Uh, so with the overgrown video, I'm playing the very simple chords um, for that song. And then over time, I would love to learn how to just go all out like it is on the beat. Yeah, man, Kiefer, another incredible person on that same kind of crew that you run with, which is just insanely talented. I know, and Kiefer's a really great teacher. I think that's what's really amazing about him is not only is, is he a great musician, but he knows how to help others. And that's another gift, you know? Totally. It's like you could be really good at something, but it's not easy to help people uh, understand it or become good at it. But he's, he's figured it out. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. It's uh, to be able to articulate and like translate what people are trying to do and let them feel confident and, and just teach them the right things that are going to give them that spark of like, Oh yeah, I can totally do this, you know, and right. You know, that's what you need to plant that seed. Yes, yes. Um, other ta other talents though that you have, which we've learned very recently in the on one video, is um, you're extremely good at dancing, and <laughs> <laughs> you have incredible choreography is uh, in that video. Um, you know, who who was that your direction, or and 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 how important is dance to you, and, and when you're creating music? Well, okay two things um when i'm creating music in the past i didn't really think about making music to have choreography to i would just create based off of how i'm feeling um there was no strategy behind it but when i worked on this album we put some strategy behind it because i started to consider songs that would work at festivals mm -hmm. or just wanting to showcase vocal ability, different styles uh, and sounds. So one of the things that we wanted to do with this album was create up-tempo, urgent records. And so Dmail did a really great job at that. And after hearing the music we were making, I'm like, choreography would be so bomb with this. And luckily, growing up, I I was dancing with a team. With I was in like three dance groups. Oh wow! And we would compete, and we would also perform at uh, high school events. So my love for dancing and choreography just really trained me to instill that into what I'm doing now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm so happy that it's working out and I'm finally living up, I guess, my dream of kind of being like an Aaliyah or, you know, a Missy Elliott where they have these performances that are like productions, like big productions, you know what I'm saying? So I'm really happy and it's always what I've wanted to do. 
I'm actually working on a virtual performance right now. Oh, cool. And the choreographer is going to choreograph to one more song on the album because we already have On One and So So Sick. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to bring kind of that music video vibe into my, my performance. Oh man, I'm so glad to hear you're, you're, you're going to be taking the, the, the whole record as a live performance. I can't wait to see that. Um, now, one of the things you talked about just there about music videos, um, and you've, you've named like Missy Elliott, you know, and Missy Elliott, I mean, I think, I mean, hands down, in my opinion, has the best music videos of all time. Aaliyah also, incredible music yeah. videos, incredible dancing. What are some of the most influential music videos to you growing up? What were the, like, the real, like, inspirational ones for you? It would probably be a lot of Busta Rhymes videos. Those don't have choreography to it, but his movement, I would say, is choreography. Uh, yeah. But just like, you know, the Hype Williams, a lot of the Hype Williams shit, like Janet and Buster Rhymes, the gotta, is it like, gotta make, gotta what, be something. What's it gonna song? be? Yeah, what's it gonna be? Exactly. That video is wild. Yeah. Uh, I love Mariah Carey's Heartbreaker in the movie theater. Yeah. Um, Missy Elliott's I Can't Stand the Rain. Uh, definitely Aaliyah's One in the Million. One in a Million. And I love like just extra rapper type videos too. So I would say like um, bad boy videos. <laughs> um, with Biggie, you know, just like and Mace, and they're just in the shiny suits and doing the crazy dances with the dances in the background. Um, with and even like Tupac, I get around Biggie, uh, Jay Z videos. A lot of those are my favorite. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just fun and wild. Yeah. Budgets are so different these days, though. <laughs> For sure. The budgets are not quite the same as they were in the 90s. They're not the same at all. <laughs> and you could tell even like when they would perform these songs live, it would be madness. It's a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, those are some of my favorite videos. Yeah, I, I feel like Puffy and Mace got a lot of like a lot of uh, yeah criticism at the time for those videos. But even... Um, <laughs> You know, even in the end, you know, like in, in retrospect, they are so iconic, you know, and they really informed and they're, you know, that they, they, they are much cooler now than they were when they came out in a lot of ways, you know, because um, right, we we're all trying to listen to, I don't know, more underground stuff at the time, perhaps. Well, some of us. Yeah. Were. <laughs> uh, I didn't know. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, like, yeah, everyone, everyone from that time was maybe a bit conflicted whether they liked it or not. But yeah, it was incredible. You cannot I deny the production see. quality of those. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So moving on, um, are there any artists that you look like like to those um, as an inspirational role models within the industry? I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, Missy Elliott, and and uh, even earlier you talked about Freddie Gibbs and how he's been in the industry for you know like twenty years. Like he's had a very long career in the music industry. Are there any people that have really helped, kind of, uh, yeah, provide a good role model or inspiration for you to navigate that? Yeah, I feel like ownership is very important to me, owning my masters and having creative control. I don't want to compromise, you know, on what my vision is. Mm -hmm. I'm open and I want to elevate and 
keep breaking barriers, but for me, that's very important, which is why I'm still independent. Uh, but yeah, so I'm really inspired by artists who um, have that same mindset, which Freddie Gibbs is a very good example. Uh, and then you're asking me what other artists I'm inspired by. Um, I think Smino is really dope. The oh way gosh. he runs things. Shout out he, Smino. It seems, yeah, like I feel like he's also very um, behind everything that he does and he does it how he wants to do it. It's not, you know, on anyone else's time but his. And yeah, his music is just so unique. Not, like it's so distinct to him, which I think is very cool too. Um, what other artists? You mean, when you ask me that, you mean like what they do business-wise, but also sonically or? Yeah, I mean, like I think what you talked about with Smino is really interesting because like last the last guest we had on here was Evangeline Alder from Empire Records and she talked a lot about how the, you know, the landscape of being an artist has changed so dramatically since what we were just talking about with the 90s and like, you know, big budgets for videos. The record label kind of had a lot of power in that, you know, and they really kind of, it, it, at least it, it seems like these days you really need to, um, you know, have a bit more control, like you were saying, a bit more ownership of yeah. over what you're trying to do, a, a bit more identity, and 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 um, yeah, I think like you're talking about Smino, he's you know he's able to use Instagram and and other social media in a certain right. way that is unique and and quite progressive, right. and I and I just I I think that especially for you know emerging artists, young artists, that's like that must be a minefield, you know, to try and figure it out. Right. Um, but you know, I see the things yeah. that you're doing, like the you know the treasure hunt was super unique it was like really inspiring and um yeah i just i'm wondering if there's other people that you're looking at um that are like that perhaps right right now right right yeah and i will say too like artist development is not as i think common as it used to be too so yeah as an artist you kind of really have to come with Certain, you have to have certain things already together. Uh, so for me, um, who else? I'm gonna look on my my Instagram because that helps me <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean Instagram, TikTok. You know, these are all the platforms that we have to navigate these days. So for right. sure, you know, like uh, that was the one of the, the real gems that we got from the last interview was like, yeah, how do you do you use do people use TikTok? And the TikTok audience is so much younger too. Like Instagram, I mean, I'm in my 30s, so Instagram is kind of like my my zone, but TikTok I'm still like not really on, but that's yeah. everyone, you know, 19, 18 and, and, and under are all on TikTok, so. Oh yeah, when I, right before I put my album on, my manager was like, so you need to make a TikTok and you've got to figure out what to post. <laughs> you've got to do it. That's, you know, the direction. So at first I was like, oh, this app is like really different. It's just so animated and like in your face. So I just started figuring out what worked for me and I'm now very comfortable using it. And uh, my friend Fouché, F-O-U-S-H-E-E, she's an artist that really inspires me because she's very good at social media. She's very fun, very personable. And she's a comedian alongside being a musician. <laughs> that helps. So watching her, it helps. So 
watching her post too gives me like ideas and comfort that I can do it too. Uh, but yeah, she's very fun with her posts and using social media, you know, in her favor to continue being engaged with her audience. Um, and you know, just being consistent basically. So yeah. Fouché is really great. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so taking from that, um, would there be any uh, lessons or advice that you'd want to pass to a, you know, an emerging singer like yourself or an emerging artist that's looking up to you? Like, what would you want to let them know about um, maybe some of the important lessons you've learned, even maybe, maybe making your first record or you know, just navigating industry right now? Yeah, I would say to really become your biggest, be your biggest fan uh, and have people around you who have your best interests, you know, and really, truly, genuinely support you um, and be able to open up to them about your goal, know what your goals are, know what you're not going to compromise on, have boundaries and you know, just like anything, work on that craft every day to get better. And I I do think even though social media is sometimes very discouraging, uh, I would still find a healthy relationship with it because that's one of the best ways to build a following and stay connected to people. It's much more difficult, I feel like, in the outside, like in reality outside. Um and if, if you don't like social media, have your manager or hire a social media person to do it for you and make sure that it's still authentic and it doesn't feel robotic. Mm. Uh, but I would truly say one of the most important things is like, what are your goals? Know yourself and just have respect for yourself and don't um, try to please other people or be a slave to the industry, you know? Uh, I truly think that if you stay on track and do good, uh, everything will work out in a way that's meant for you. It took me so long to put this album out and I'm still independent, you know, and I had meetings with labels that were interested and then I never heard back from them and I could have given up. I could have questioned my worth or whether this is something that I should even do, but it's something I really wanted to do, and I just kept pushing through, and then the right things came together to allow me to do this. So to really trust your journey and have faith. That's so that's so incredible, and, and it's so good to hear that. Um, we're so glad that you put the record out. We're so happy about it. I know a lot of people are really thrilled about it, and, and it's not like it was the first thing you've done. You've been doing this for a while, so it's like right. it's been great to see the project, you know, the the you know, the kind of the rise to fame. And I think we're all very excited about what is happening, you know, next for Joyce, you know, because this is the first record. So um, what is next for Joyce? What What is the next thing um, on the schedule for you? Yeah, like I mentioned, the live virtual performance, which people will be able to buy tickets to. That's going to happen, I believe, in June. Uh, I booked a festival in the fall which will be really fun. Things are opening back up. So I'm hoping to tour and travel this album in other countries. I haven't been 
on tour since like 2017. Wow. Uh, so I want to go back to Europe, Japan, Korea, Australia, New Zealand, and everywhere else. And then I'm working on new music. I want to make more fun, feel-good records to keep people, you know, feeling good. Uh, and then I, I, like I had mentioned, I have music in the vault with my design and Devin and some other people, as well as uh, just, yeah, working on new music. Um, I've been given opportunities to write for movies and like other TV series. So it would be cool to see if those get picked up. Awesome. And yeah, life happens. So I'm sure more things will come up. We'll see. Maybe you'll see me acting in a movie or DJing, producing for somebody like we discussed. I hope so. I really do. And um, are we when when you take the the show on the road? Are we going to be uh, lucky to have some of the amazing talents that you work with on in the band as well? Perhaps. Uh, the producer. Or yeah, do you have a band for the the show, or is it a DJ singer type? Yeah, show? So I have. Well, I've, I mean, I'm hoping that at this point I can bring a band with me. I just love live instrumentation. So I have a music director right now, Quentin Furby, who is incredible. He does Roddy Rich, YG. So he's with 1500 or nothing. Uh, so he is helping me get my live show going and he'll pick band members that he works with that he feels like could help execute the vision. Wow. So that is um, coming together. Yeah. I hope to bring my dancers. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be incredible. Dancers. And, As well. Yeah. Wow. That's a great, that would be a really good show. Um, so we have a question we ask for um, every guest that comes on the show. And the, sh the question okay. is um, about the power of music. So the, the phrase, the power of music, what, what does that mean to you? The power of music. I would say, I mean, for me growing up, I'm an only child and my mother is from Japan. My dad is from Louisiana and he was in the military, in the Navy for most of my upbringing. Uh, so he traveled a lot uh, and my mother and I didn't move with him. So it was mostly me and my mom and She's still culturally very Japanese and worked a nine to five all the time and was very protective of me as her only daughter. So I spent a lot of time at home and around adults and just by myself. So the power of music, like for me, music was my best friend. It was the sibling that I never had, my first love. It was just something that, made me feel so good and just really brought me so much joy. And I couldn't even explain like how it would make me feel, but it just really brought me peace throughout like my whole upbringing and childhood. And I think the beauty of music, the power of music too, is that you might have different opinions, different morals or values from people. Um, so you feel like you can't maybe connect 
or be friends with them or relate to them. But what's crazy is when you have similar tastes in music, it's like for for like you could, I guess, be connected to that person or be at the same show with them or whatever. You know what I mean? So I think the cool thing about music is that it unites people um, despite maybe sharing who you are, or what you believe in, if that makes sense. So I think that's very powerful, the fact that it can unite people and give you, you know, an opportunity to just enter a whole nother world, allow you to take a step back from your reality, whether you're trying to get out of it or not. It's just, it's very powerful. So to me, that's the most amazing thing about music. That's really lovely. Uh, that's Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's yeah, music is very powerful, and it, yeah, it's it's our friend, really, isn't it? it was, it's kind of like what brings people together, what put, allows us to to learn more about each other, and and to have you know, more compassion or um, um, understand topics that maybe we don't understand as well. Right. Um, yeah, and yeah, your your record is very powerful. <laughs> um, what oh, are some, thank you. What are, what are some of your favorite songs off the record, though? I'd love to know if there's a if there's a a favorite that you really feel uh, personal with? I really love Chandler. Because uh, I remember when I wrote that, I was like fed up with somebody. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sick and tired of this. And I remember sharing how I was feeling with my other friends and they could relate. So it was just like a song where I could just go off about how I'm feeling, uh, especially being a woman and just other women agreeing with me as well. Uh, and it, just the beat being so cinematic, yeah. I just, I'm obsessed with it. Uh, Addicted is my favorite. It's very soulful, has a classic R&B feel to it. Uh, so that's really one of my favorites. I can't wait to perform that. And You is my favorite because I love how D-Mile samples my vocals in the beat. Yeah, that was uh, cool. Yeah, and I feel like that 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 uh, song is very unique and different from what uh, Dima has produced for uh, my album. And the last one, I'm kind of it's like I love on one, but you know it's been out for a while or not a while, but you know I've been hearing it so much that I would say I'll probably say West Side Gun's interlude. <laughs> awesome. Shout out West Side Gun and Esto. Yeah. Way. It's just so raw, so gritty, you know, and he's like just talking about uplifting women, you know? So I respect that. Awesome. Yeah, Chandler, I got to say one of, the th- one of the great things about the record is how different, like it's not, it's so cohesive, but there's so much range, you know, like, Everything sounds very like it's a perfect cohesive record, but what you've done with D Miles and um, and and all the other producers on there is you've you've managed to really like show a, a lot of yeah different styles, but it all works together. It all sounds like a Joyce record. So yeah, big big up I'm on so that glad. one. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that was the goal. That was really really the goal. So to be able to make that happen makes me very happy. And when you put it on Chandler, man, it's what a journey. You just, it's just the perfect start too. It's a uh, very it's a well great sequenced. Start, yeah, yeah. You like get people hooked in, and then yep, now you got to stay and listen to the whole damn thing. <laughs> Indeed. So, um, 
a couple of questions that we have um, from the audience, actually. So if you've got the time. Um, yeah, I do. Okay. So how do I see it? Oh, it's all right here. Well, no, no. We'll, um, I've, I've selected a few. I, I, we can't have too many. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> so I just didn't know that I could see people's comments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got comments in here. We got uh, we can favorite comments. We can we can even chat in there, I think, as well. But I've got a couple que uh, questions here. One, the first one is from the Real in Air, and her question okay. is, uh, "What's one of your favorite lyrics of your own songs or someone else's songs?" One of my favorite lyrics from my own song or someone else's song. Uh, I mean, I really like the lyrics on Overgrown. Can you hear me? Yep, I can still hear you. Yep. Uh, overgrown, you know, overgrown is just uh, Hold on, Joyce. Do you mind just um? I think the volume on your um on the computer is a bit loud. It's just getting some uh, some echo. So if, a little bit better. Yep. Okay. Yep. My hair So like I was saying, yeah, Overgrown is one of my favorites because I wanted to make a song that I feel like other people could relate to. Just life, you know, and dealing with your insecurities and not letting them define you and not being defeated by them. So for me, that's a very important record because it also is talking about my, my journey. Why it's taken so long. Um, and then my favorite lyrics from another artist, I really like Mariba. Okay. M-E-R-E-B-A. Uh, her writing is just very poetic, really beautiful, and just sharp. Like she, she's just very, very good with her way of words. Uh, she has a song called Sandstorm and Chin. That's one of my favorites. Shout out Jasmine Sullivan. She's got great lyrics. Incredible songwriter. Yeah, incredible songwriter. Okay, cool. Um, so the next one we have is from uh, Mach Machiavelli221996. <laughs> um, the question is, would you work with Kirk Franklin again? Because you are soulmates. <laughs> Kirk Franklin? Yep. Honest, it wasn't, you know, the best um, music that I felt comfortable putting out. So we'll continue to work and see, you know, what what makes sense. But uh, yeah, Kay is actually working on his solo music with one of my favorite producers, Mike. So solo music, but I'm always down to create with. Everyone, people that I work with in the past, and 
if it sounds good and it's of quality, you'll definitely hear it. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I think that's that's it, Joyce. I think um, that's that's our interview. Is there any song that you'd like to go out on? Uh, can I play a song for you? Okay. Let's play um, your song with Toki Monster, Open Air. And once again, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Um, everyone who's watching right now, make sure you go and tune in and stream uh, Overgrown. There's a link in the, in the chat. If you type in ex exclamation point follow, it'll pull up Joyce's Instagram and the record that you can stream on any platform that you choose, uh, whatever you choose to listen to. So um, congratulations, Joyce, on an incredible record. And thank you so much again for joining us today on the, on the Unscripted podcast. We'll be, uh, be waiting with, uh, for, the, for the next records and for the tour to come to town. So we hope to see you very soon. Thank you so much, Matt. This, I really enjoyed this. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. All your support so much to me. Uh, and really just, yeah. All right. So DJs, go, go run that, um, that single and, and play the hell out of Overgrown. Thank you again once again, yeah. Joyce.